Hi, welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Flem, and this is a special bonus episode. It's going to come out at midweek rather than the very inconvenient weekends on which I usually release episodes. Uh, it's going to be about one topic, and I have a guest, and not just a regular guest, a good guest. I am bringing in to talk about Big Brother, uh, my longtime collaborator, the person I've co-written more with, uh, with whom I've co-written more. See if she'd written this introduction, it would have been coherent. <laughs> with whom I write a lot. It's my friend Mindy. Hi, Mindy. Hey, EJ. I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you about Big Brother. Me too. I feel like we have not done this. Well, we haven't done this in ages. And yeah. Um, like, oh, sorry. Go on. No, no. I was just gonna say I'm very excited, and I'm. I literally pulled up on my screen a picture of all of these people, so I could remember who the heck they are. Do you, I want to give people some some context for our Big Brother relationship, but sure. do you find it's harder to remember everybody's names when you don't write about them twice a week? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I just um, this year is interesting because I feel like <clears throat> excuse me, there's a little more. Um, there really, I mean, truly, there's more diversity than they've ever had before. That's kind of without question, you know. But um, really, there's there is just there's a lot of of unique personalities, but you know, previously when you might have had one person of color or one gay person, it was it was just like which people's names like you know don't rhyme with each other. And now <laughs> you've definitely got a lot a lot more. Although there are still people whose names rhyme, of course, but um, I, yeah, it's difficult to keep. The, and and of course, I think we've talked about this before. I always have trouble remembering them the minute the season ends. Oh, absolutely. They fade I, immediately. They, yeah, the number of people who've stuck in my head over all our years of recapping it is very small. Yeah, very small. They, they have to really be a truly unique personality. And, and usually the ones who aren't awful, like, with the exception of, of Dr. Will, who it was awful, but in the most entertaining way possible. Generally, the people who are terrible, I just I try to forget them very quickly. Except the what like the the worst, worst, like like Rachel Riley and bodybuilder Jesse, who I they haunt me. Well, neither of them would let us forget them, even if we wanted to. That's true. So <laughs> they both kept coming back. Yeah, always. Like they don't have clearly have nothing else to do. But and Rachel even did Amazing Race. My God, I can't shake her. No, she. I know it, it, she ruins many shows. But um, <laughs> I watched. I don't know. I, I went down this rabbit hole a few weeks ago and ended up on Instagram um, watching um, Jeff and Jordan's Instagram. Um, it's not, I don't, I guess it's his Instagram account that they record. They do some sort of a podcast. I never listened to the whole podcast, but they have two children now. And that he works on like some syndicated news program. And I don't know what she does, but I mean, I mean, she's a mom. So that might just be yeah. what she does. That's a full-time job. But um, wow. Yeah. I, those were good times. Yeah. Uh, 
like I wanted to give people some context for yeah. my 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 ones of listeners. Uh, <laughs> Some of whom are friends of mine who never read Spunky Bean because, frankly, they don't care for my work. Wow. But they, uh, like... <laughs> they, they want to listen to me. They don't want to read anything, which seems weird. <laughs> I think I'm better uh, the more removed you are from me. <laughs> uh, but we recapped 12 seasons of Big Brother together, alternating episodes for this three times a week show. Um, you did a 13th because you did season nine, the infamous writer strike season, all by yourself. Yeah, that that probably put me over the edge. It, and that was the season where the winner used his winnings to start an oxy ring. So that was. <laughs> that was truly awful. <laughs> and, uh, so we did uh, seasons 10 through 21 together. And we, we sat out last year because. Uh, pandemic and, you know, depression and everything made it very hard. And I feel like I might be out of the recapping game now. So we're, we're uh, unless you're working for another site now, I say working as if we ever got paid for anything. <laughs> right. No, I think uh, that's really the problem with recapping sometimes, unless you're getting paid for it, quite frankly, um, is that, you know, it, especially with a show like this that is is uh broadcasting you know in real time is that something that was fresh two days ago becomes immediately stale and um you know it's like it's like that box of you know box of spring mix you buy and it's just done in a couple days if you don't make sure you go through it fast enough and you know that's the thing with this show is it's it's hot and happening when it's when it is and then it's just not but if you'd like to watch every season of it, you may go to Paramount Plus, who's also not paying me, and <laughs> and check out every single season of Big Brother. Paramount Plus, the glitchiest app in the business. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a feat, because there's a lot of apps. I, I know people complain that Netflix starts new episodes too soon, after, like they don't even play out the credits. Right. But. God forgive you if you want to play two episodes of something on Paramount Plus in a row. <laughs> I've it often is. had to reset my device completely just to start a new episode. Turn it all the way off and re-log in everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to mention about our Big Brother history, and I, I will never forget this, is uh, the one time when somebody commented on one of my recaps and said, you need to be more like Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's not wrong, but. <laughs> yes, you want to be a mother of two who's just, you know, ignoring her small children while she recaps the reality show. That that's what you want to aspire to. <laughs> but they're okay, teenagers now, so I didn't I didn't break them. No, they. I am shocked at how old they are. It means that we've known each other for very long, and it makes me feel elderly. Me too. Trust me, me too. <laughs> a child I used to babysit recently turned 25, and... Oh, no, that's not... Yeah. I'm dust. <laughs> well, if you're dust, I'm definitely... Because I'm, I'm closer to... I'm getting closer to the big 5-0 than you are, so... Also, remember how every season on Big Brother, there'd be one person who was older than us, and that does not happen anymore? Oh, they're all younger. Yeah, totally. Even, 
like they don't even have the token old guy who everybody just kind of makes fun of and gets rid of like right before the midpoint of the season. No, I'm looking at this cast in front of me. There's not, I mean, I think maybe you could have said that that Frenchy guy who was, you know, out very quickly because he way over. <laughs> he, uh, he was probably considered the old guy, but I don't think he was really old. I think no, he just, he's one of those guys. You could have told me he was any age and I believe you. Well, yeah, because he just sort of had that weathered look, you know. <laughs> he had that, you know, I live on a farm and get up at 5 a.m. kind of a look. Wait, he lived on a farm? You'd think he would have mentioned that. <laughs> I know. He really played it down. <laughs> I, I love that everything was an animal metaphor for him. It, it really took me back to, like, season one. So anybody who watched <laughs> from the get-go and chicken george and that and that was because they actually had chickens yeah there, there was a reason god that was weird that they gave them livestock back then i remember seriously it one more bit of nostalgia being in my in my old office of course in my my company now we no longer really have offices um but years ago and I had an office and people would walk by and I'd have the live feeds on because they were, you know, desperate to get people. So it was free and it was just, you could just put it on in the back. I, all day long, you would just hear like um, roosters crowing and <laughs> people would walk by my office and I would, every once in a while, someone would come back down and poke their head and like, Did I just hear a rooster? I'm like, yeah, it's not really worth me explaining. <laughs> The the explanation won't help. No, it won't make me it won't make me look better, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, now as for this season, uh yeah. I think we agree this season's been good, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, for the most part, I mean I think they really, you know, went I would say they went out of their way to, you know, cast to to like cast diversely. But I would also say, which is which is great, which is fine. Uh, but I also think they got some really just everybody seems like, uh, and I'm sure we'll find out this isn't true as the season goes on. But everybody seemed pretty normal. Yeah. Uh, not, I don't really see anyone who's like a raging sociopath, um, or uh, you know just aggressively awful i haven't heard about anything nowadays we tend to hear like on twitter or maybe on you know with evidence shown on a youtube clip that somebody was like saying things that were racist or um misogynistic um i haven't really seen a whole lot of that i guess the closest you could get to you know anything involving race at this point is that one of the alliances is is I think only exists with people of color in it, and it's called the cookout. Yes, but racist is the only thing that involves race in the right. show. Yeah, and honestly, there's nothing that makes more sense in the world than than that alliance because yeah. people of color do not have a great track record on Big Brother. No, and you know what else? I, so far, the alliance names have not bothered me. <laughs> That's, I hadn't thought about that, but that's very important. You know, usually they're like insane, like so dumb that you just want to throw something at your television. But 
So the cookout is all people of color. I'm trying to think what's help me with some of the other ones. Um, uh, we have Royal Flush. Oh, Royal Flush makes complete sense because they gave them, you know, the suits of you know, the King, Queen, Joker, or yeah, Jokers and Aces for their team names that the show gave them. So that name tracks perfectly. And if there's yeah. a, it's like Frenchie's thing was like Frenchie's assassins or something, but that's done. Yeah, it was the slaughterhouse for a while, which isn't great, but given that we've had Quack Pack in the past. Right. Oh, big step up. I mean, at least it had like a Tarantino vibe. And so like, that was cool. Um, I don't know. Or like, you could even say it has like a, a classic literature vibe, you know, I mean, it is. Slaughterhouse Five kind of thing. Yeah. Were there five of them? No, there were way more. Yeah, which is one thing that I have. Oh, I do what when you said about casting non-sociopaths. Yeah. The one thing I've heard is that Whitney is a Sandy Hook truther. Oh God, that's horrifying. Yeah, apparently Claire it's... said that to the cameras in the live feed, so there isn't any evidence of it. But they, I guess they started cutting the live feed if somebody says something controversial or just in case they discover somebody is a racist as often happens right but there is no video evidence of her saying it but i have no reason to disbelieve claire either no and claire is from michigan i believe correct which is yeah i thought i saw a university of michigan hat on her at one point yeah, so T- uh, Tiffany is from Detroit, and Claire is from somewhere else in Michigan. I just can't remember where. So there are two people that are native to our state. So Man, we are representing. Yes. We are um, one-eighth of Big Brother. We're one-eighth of Big Brother, and, you know, I think she's, Claire is bisexual. Tiffany's African-American. Like, we are just, like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, we are hitting on Given the last year, you'd expect Michigan casting to be militia members, so that's great. Right. Well, they're all busy, you know. <laughs> um, we have a lot to worry about. Yeah, but that I want to know if that Sandy Hook thing is, is true. I just want to know how the heck that came up. I don't know. I can't even I can't even imagine what the setup is. Unless like the other uh the other school shooting truther I I knew, and I cannot put that in a past tense enough new yeah uh, they can't wait for that to be the topic of discussion oh like hey where did you go to school let me tell you something about school <laughs> lord have mercy that would that would be very that would be very stressful i yeah i'm glad you said <laughs> couldn't imagine dealing with that person ever oh yeah i could tell you stories that i probably should not record no um <laughs> I mean, not much. It was, a, it was a person I knew online, and oh. yeah, there's a spunky bean connection. But oh, I have I have ideas. We can talk about that offline. I have yeah. Thought. But no, <laughs> I, everybody seems really um, interesting. And um, again, maybe you know a little side eye at Whitney, but she could be gone soon, so that would be okay. Um, right. I like that we got. I mean, although it was hilarious. Um, last week, my best friend texted me and said that was possibly the funniest episode of Big Brother she'd ever seen when Brent was absolutely certain that everybody loved him and there was no way he 
anywhere, and then he was voted out unanimously. <laughs> he was, he was, I have never seen somebody that confident without Curb Your Enthusiasm music playing in the background. Right, and like, it's really, what's unfortunate to me is, confidence is great, but to be that bad at reading a room, <laughs> I mean, it's just, wow, it's just, incredible i don't know how you are so you're just not it's it'd be one thing if you were talking to one person and maybe they for example hannah and on the show is the same name as my daughter so i'm very partial to her so i hope she sticks around but um and i like her too but he she didn't like him but she was trying really hard not to even give that up because she just sort of didn't want to deal with him right i would get, get it if he did not pick up any vibes bad vibes from her because she was really trying hard to conceal it but i just don't understand how he's dealing with all of these people and he couldn't tell that everyone despised him i wonder if that's a function of them casting more normal people so there's less outward animosity all the time so it's you know you don't people can hate you they just aren't as they aren't screaming it in the kitchen like they usually do Right, or, you know, wielding, like, kitchen knives. But, um, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you have a lot of people who are just, they're eight, because I think we all, no matter what anybody does or where you work, you all have people you know who you just, you suck it up, and you just, like, especially when it comes to work people, it's like, hey, I'm doing a job. And as far as most of these people are concerned, they're at work right now. So, you know. They're they they're gonna just try to like suck it up and pretend they they like somebody when they can't stand them, if they if they know what's good for them. <laughs> you know, you said they uh they it, it's like their job. Yeah. That was a thing I noticed is, I mean, at this point they pretty much exclusively cast fans of the show because after 22 years of reality TV being a thing, very few people are going on a show they haven't heard of. Right. But, they're not of a bar. Yeah, but it it seems like other seasons have just been so many people talking about how they're super fans. And every time something happens, they're talking about it in relation to something from season 13. Right. And these people mostly seem like they like Big Brother a normal amount. A normal amount. And some of them probably know a little bit more than others. Like I think Claire mentioned the other night about which competition was, um, I don't know, was the POV. Oh, yeah, the spinning, the bowl arena. And she recognized it right away. And see, these are things that never happened to me because, like I said, I just, you know, dump it all out the minute the season ends. Julie Chen says goodnight, and I'm, I, it leaves. Um, but Julie Chen Moonves, please. I was, I was going to correct myself. Julie <laughs> Chen says. Um, <laughs> JCF. I don't, I don't want to derail you, but. Yes. It is the biggest power move. Putting aside that Les Moonves is human garbage, <laughs> that she does not use her main name for 21 years on that show until the day he's removed from CBS. I mean, solidarity, she is standing by her main <laughs> I yeah. feel like you could tell how awkward it was the first time she did it. Like, you sort of felt that in the studio, like, ooh. Yeah, it, it, was, it was really like somebody working out, you know, a bit. It was... It was, but um, 
I don't know. She just, she, she, you know, she's just really over the years sort of embraced the Chenbot thing and the butt first. And she's <laughs> sort of rolled with all of these things. And she knows where her bread is buttered. And when it comes to Les Moonves, the same thing applies. So she's not dumb. Yeah, she's she's genuinely become like a good host after all those years of her just sort of, like you said, chenbotting. Yeah. It, it does make me want to go back, though, and watch an episode or two from, like, the the OG season and just, you know, or, you know, maybe season one through maybe four or five and just, like, just sample <laughs> what, what it was like. But, uh... I don't know. Remember, like, Dr. Drew used to come on. Oh, to talk about their mental state. Yeah. Yes. God. That was. Yeah. And she's. She used to be so visibly frazzled during every live show. And now she's. She knows when she has to yell at them to, to reset their podiums and stuff. But. Yeah. And now she's got to, like, work in the social distancing and the air hugs. And. Yeah. yeah she's. It is funny when she gets like very angry when people haven't reset in a live head uh, of household competition. She gets very angry. It actually doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it makes the visual a little weird, but there's nobody behind that. Yes. So, you know, they didn't get it right or wrong. Well, except I've always kind of wondered if there is someone from the legal department screaming at her. Tell them to reset, you know, like, because there might be, like, some sort of a legal challenge if, like, like, game show rules apply, like, that they set way back in the 50s, you know? And, and oh, if, yeah. If things aren't uh, fully above board with every single response, then, uh, you know, then there's going to be a problem. I don't know. There might totally be some weird loophole from the from the 21 days. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, God forbid that person goes on to win. I mean, there have been enough competitions over the years where people have said they were going to either leave or just challenge things. And I don't know that, that any of those have ever gone anywhere. But uh, I just feel like there, there is somebody from the legal department that is just freaking out. You know, they're the one that, you know, sends it to the fish tank. If something's weird, they've got a the button. We, we got a fish tank on Sunday's episode, and yeah, I can never figure out why. I always assume somebody has, at that moment, whipped out their genitals. <laughs> uh, well, the major candidate for that apparently would be Christian. So, <laughs> who I, by the way, um, reminded me the other night when he was talking because now he's hoh this week, so he's obviously talking a lot, and. I decided the other night that he reminded me of another Christian. Do you recall the movie Clueless? Yeah. <laughs> he reminds oh, me. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot in the way he talks. It's really, it, there's something about his voice and his delivery that just reminds me of that guy. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, that that is very similar delivery. Yes. There's just wow. something. About, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but he's an interesting, I mean, so who, who are, um, are you really liking so far? Um, I have to say, I really am enjoying Xavier 
Xavier. I I can never tell if I'm supposed to pronounce that name with an X or a Z, but he is definitely an X. Yeah. Uh, because partly he made all the same mistakes Frenchie did with overextending himself with alliances and such. Right. But he dealt with it and sort of covered it up as opposed to uh, uh, being a screaming madman. Right. Like, like Frenchie as head of household facing the exact situation was was Charlie from that episode of It's Always Sunny, where he's trying to figure out the conspiracy behind the mailroom. <laughs> and, and and Xavier was was just like the guy who's chugging Pepto-Bismol, but <laughs> holding it together. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to guess that that might be because of his career. You know, he's. Oh, he's that's a- true. So. I don't know. And like, I think secretly also like an underwear model because he's just very handsome. But, um, you know, I he's think he's strikingly he, handsome. He is. He's I mean, that's the thing. He just he looks like he should be on the cover of something. But um, yeah, so I think, you know, Frenchie just was not sophisticated in any way. Um, and he's he's much more like he's just a much cooler customer. So, yeah, he's he's definitely overextended with his alliances right now. And well, it'll be interesting to see how this week pans out because he obviously and several others of them don't want Hannah to go, but they kind of can't let their other alliance know. So this is the first like real like how's this going to work out, um, and who's going to be pissed? So that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm. I think I want to talk about game design in a little bit because I've been thinking about that a lot. They got way better, but who's your who's your uh, who are your guys, as Mark Marin says? <laughs> well, um, I really do like, um, you know, I know I mentioned Hannah, and um, I do like her a lot. And I I feel like I, I'm also enjoying, um, although he hasn't said a whole lot, I mean, um, Kyland, I, he seems also another, like, kind of cool customer. I like him. Um I think at this point, most of them are like, they haven't done anything to take me one way or another. But I right now, can I say who I'm not loving? Yeah. Okay. So, I, and, and it's for different reasons. So, Christian, because he's just kind of like super cocky and I don't, he, he's just a little irritating, but um, so I'm not really enjoying him. And then um, Alyssa, I'm like on the fence because she is you know, Chris, Christian's girlfriend or whatever, uh, uh, showman. And so I'm sort of on the fence with her because I feel like she could be okay. She's not completely awful. Um, not like a Cody and Jessica situation from, for those who've been watching the show for a few years, they also procreated. That's a whole nother story. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I, the the one who I really want to like and I'm not I can't really right now is Aza. I want to like her very just um, well, what would the word be? Just everything is like her dilemma and she's you know fighting for her friends and everything is just like an absolute like oh my god I've got to everything has to be like done on the up and up and like. Girl, it's Big Brother. That's just not going to happen. People are doing what they got to do. 
and she's she's a little extra dramatic for someone who, quite frankly, has not really been, I don't think, on anyone's radar as far as getting nominated. So I would just pipe down, you know, if I was her. I do have to say that I really love her interactions with Tiffany, who might be kind of my stealth favorite as it goes on. Because mm-hmm. they... There was that bit when they were rejoicing over something in one of the bedrooms, and every time the door would open, Tiffany would just collapse into her lap and fake cry. Yes, yes. That was funny. And when when Tiffany didn't take immunity because of the alliance Asa doesn't know about, and she asked her about it, and Tiffany's answer was just sort of, who knows why I do things? I thought it was a good idea at the time. That is the right way to approach those questions. Right. I mean, that's why I always wonder if I was there, would I be able to answer these people's questions without completely, you know, blowing my cover if I if I had something I was covering up? You know, I I don't think I would do so well, but um, I don't know. So I, I I love that there's two guys named Derek. I mean, that's just <laughs> that's just fun. Um, and <laughs> I really want to like Brittany. She's a little she's a little intense. But hopefully, if yeah, she's mood water, swings starting nominations are a bit much. Yes. Yes. She's very intense. But that could be because isn't she is she on the spectrum somewhere? She said I that. Think she might be. I think they mentioned that at one point. The very beginning, and then it really has not come up. But that is something that I think. In, that's why I say I want to like her because. I don't think her intensity is anything she can necessarily like fully control. I just think it's sort of ingrained in the the way she, her her you know her brain chemistry is, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's I think it's amazing that she's you know uh, done all the things she's done because she seems pretty darn accomplished. Most of these people are fairly accomplished, actually. I don't. There most of these people seem to have like somewhat regular jobs. Um, yeah, some of them are, have, like, impressive jobs. Right. Which We're getting a lot fewer disc golf players. Right. <laughs> Professional disc golf. But, I mean, so, like, Alyssa's a swimwear designer, which is, you know, questionable. We'll see. See, Alyssa. <laughs> um, but, like, Tiffany, I think, is a phlebotomist, which, of course, is, like, one of the best names for a profession ever. Um, and, like, Claire does, like, IT something with IT or like artificial intelligence or something and yes that was Ernie and Whitney owns her own business to truth or not you know whatever she owns the business I I just feel like a lot of people have like real gigs and some of them may seem to have things that they could legitimately take three months off of like I think Aza is a model I believe so you could yeah, just take I... the absence. <laughs> Probably as a model, you often take three months off whether you want to or not. Yes, whether you want to or not. Um, but like, you know, Brent, as much as like a DB as he was, he he was a flight attendant. And that you got to you got to take a leave. Right. If you're assuming he had <laughs> off. But I can't imagine they're laying off flight attendants right now. But who the heck knows? <laughs> Given my recent experiences with air travel, I think they've laid off all the flight attendants. <laughs> They should be getting hazard pay, but that's a whole different podcast. Did you see the story today about the 
the guy who was unruly in Florida, like he grabbed two flight attendants' breasts and slapped another one, and they oh. duct taped him to his seat. Oh wow, was he staying at Mar-a-Lago or? I suspect. <laughs> I feel like you can put it together. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was actually Eric Trump. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just I just thought of this when we were talking about their jobs is I really want to be all in on Claire. Like first episode, I decided she was my favorite. She was I mean, she's an A.I. designer. Right. And in her introduction, she's like, yeah, I'm designing the, you know, artificial intelligence and I'm bisexual. So I'm going to hump my way through this house if I have to. And I'm like, I like the energy you bring, Claire. And then she has not really done anything. No, she's definitely not humping anyone, and that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, she's really not done a whole lot. I think she's definitely taking the lay low kind of approach, though. And if she, you know, makes it through a while, I, I do think you'll see more. Because she was competitive this week and when she won that wild card. So, like, it's it's in there, and, you know, she'll... I don't know if she'll find any takers from the the females, but you know, you never know. Sarah Beth is like a secretly kind of, you know, freaky. You never know. <laughs> I love Sarah Beth because she wanted to fly under the radar, so she lied about her job as a forensic chemist. Yes. Which, I mean, it's almost never a good idea to lie about your job unless your job is professional reality show winner. Right. But. That never works out. Yeah, forensic chemist. That's the same job The Flash has. I can understand why that would be intimidating. But her lie was that she's a voiceover actress. I know. That was great. And I was like, well, she does have that little, you know, baby voice. Okay. But. (laughs) If I'm in there and somebody says they do voiceovers for a living, I am only going to talk to them about that for the rest of the summer. Right. And even if it's not like completely your, um, you know, your, I hate to use this term because I don't really know what it means, but your bailiwick. Um, but it sounds fun, right? Um, even if that's not your thing, they don't have anything else to do. So, you know, it would be an entertaining conversation. You're kind of wondering, you know, who have you been in movies with? Who You meet anybody like super famous when you're worried? Like, you, and now she's going to have to make up a bunch of stories. You know, or so we think. Maybe they've all just forgotten and they don't care. That could be. I don't even remember her saying that to anyone but the diary room. So, right. So she's on the voice and run with it. You never know when you're going to get a dork like me who knows just enough about voiceover work to be dangerous. I'd have a lot of questions. Yeah, and she would have no answers. Do you do video games? Have you ever worked with these people? Is it fun to do efforts? Efforts? Efforts are when you uh, you make like straining noises or the sound of getting hit, just like kind of nonverbal, like just so they can drop in as they need them. I'm sorry, what's that? (laughs) So basically you do a Seth Rogen impression. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that was really funny (laughs) now here's the thing I've really been impressed with this season that I want to mention because I 
always complain about it when they do it badly, which is most of the time. Right. I think they brought in new people for, like, game design, I guess is the way to say it, because the the competitions have been more interesting, and the way they, like, the things they've chosen to have people compete in privately versus publicly is really, like, doing the, the filling a cylinder with fluid challenge. Yeah. But doing that individually, so you can't really gauge, do you need to throw this, or... They've made some really smart choices this year that I enjoy. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I hadn't I hadn't really thought of it, but you're right. And now I'm going to watch a little more closely because uh, I would say there are a lot of times when I will um, not necessarily pay super close attention to the contest. You know, now that I'm no longer recapping them, which, by the way, that was always the worst thing to try to recap because oh, I mean, miserable. it was miserable. And then. I can't tell you how many times and maybe you did the same thing. I would write these really like intricate descriptions of something that I'm like, no one's going to make it through this paragraph. I'm just going to like, <laughs> and Bob ran across the yard and won. I mean, because no one cares. You just want to know. Um, but, but truly it's, it is interesting. And if they keep some of this, these choices up that you're talking about, when it gets down to the wire, that'll make it all the more interesting because there will, there might be a little bit more, um, strategery, as as they used to say, um, involved in some of these things because you you won't be able, like you said, you won't be able to throw certain things if you can't necessarily see what's going on with anyone else, and you know, um, you just that that would probably be the one major thing is if if you if no one can see you and you can't see anyone else, you can't necessarily make some of those decisions. And some of these people, like Derek X. Who makes him, makes him sound like a spy, Derek X? <laughs> but he is physically not like this big specimen, right? But he's obviously he's he's done well with some competitions early on, and you know he can he can maybe make uh, you know uh, try to throw more things, but maybe he won't be able to do that all the time, and and that little uh, strategy is not going to work. So, and I do think also some of the some of the things do like just look a little better in terms of quality, too. Yeah, it feels like either more of a budget or they're less dumb about how they use it. Maybe, I mean, maybe they saved some money last year because they, you know, I don't, it's, I don't even know if it's the same production company, but or maybe it's just CBS as a network because they didn't have to do Survivor. They couldn't do Survivor last year. Maybe they had some extra money. Oh, yeah, got some left in the reality show budget. Yeah. So... That that could be. Um, I'm I I decided I've missed Survivor and I'm I'm excited for it to come back. But again, that's a tangent. But um, I would like to see some more Survivor. That's it's I been a, definitely a long time. But uh, but yeah, I mean the casting has been so much better. I don't. I you have to wonder. I feel like there's probably some good stories as to why some of these people were available when maybe in the past they wouldn't have been because. The, uh, Again, so many of them have relatively normal jobs. And that, to me, is always interesting. It's like, how do you get this leave of absence? Maybe some of them are actually not employed currently. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I have no power, and I was gone for a week, and it was a disaster. Right. <laughs> I've always joked at my job that if, if I were to ever, you know, pass away, they would prop up my corpse in my spot and be like, oh, yeah, she's here. Yeah. 
you're all set. Birdie <laughs> situation, and and they would they would be fine. And then it would be like office space where they would just be like happy to be saving the salary, you know. <laughs> we just know this problem. Even, even weirder, uh, AI scientist Claire was a last minute substitution. Yes, and I the woman that she replaced was someone who had um, like alopecia, I think. Yeah. And I forgot why she had to be replaced though. I thought she had a positive COVID test. Oh gosh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Of course. How is that not the reason in in 2021? Of course it was. I might not even know that. I yeah, it's the only reason anything happens right now. Right. I think that you're absolutely right. But yeah, uh, she was like a dancer with alopecia. It was like I, she seemed kind of cool, but yeah, last minute she was gone, sure. and they bring in the AI developer. <laughs> Who was able to take a leave of absence at the last minute? I you, I wonder how many people are on standby like that, especially in a pandemic when you could have something just sweep through, like the hotel they're all staying at before they go to the set. You know, um, I wonder how many people are on standby. Yeah, I think last year with the the All Stars, there was kind of a deep bench of people who were in the wings just in case and many of them were kind of vocally upset on social media that I guess not enough people got COVID and they didn't get to step in. <laughs> right. And Kaser still couldn't get very far because I don't know <sighs> what happened with that but and why people despise him so much but I still You know what I think it and I think he would have done better this season uh, he was too normal. Like even that was his thing his first time around, and now it's been 10, 14 years, and he's he's an adult with adult concerns, and just most of those people have have been eating out on having been on Big Brother for for years and years, and he's just kind of a normal guy who thought it would be fun and is not up for the nonsense. Well, no, and remember when he was on there first, it was like, and we have a Muslim who prays, <laughs> hey, you know, and he takes out his prayer rug and points it towards Mecca, and people like lost their minds. So, and yet when he was voted out, people overwhelmingly uh, voted him in, which was one of those times when I thought America was maybe was maybe going to be okay. Yeah, I know. I long for those days. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss those days. Yes. I think but, it'll be interesting to see if they pretty much have to do away with the wild cards now because there isn't somebody available to compete on every team anymore. Yeah, I thought about that too when they were picking. I feel like it's got to be, and, and it seems like usually with these twists, right? They The team element is, I think they, I don't know if they already know, but somebody said it was some certainty that it's going away after this week, um, the team concept or aspect of the, you know, how, whatever you want to say, of the game. And then, I, yeah, I would think the wild card thing has to go away unless, of course, they adapt it to just be like, if you haven't competed, here's your here's your chance because the teams are gone. So it's just whoever. Oh, yeah. Like, just do a couple where people who haven't done it have the option. I like that. Either have the option or are required to because they haven't done it yet. Oh yeah, just one last one. Blow it. If you haven't done wild card, you're in. You're in. And then but, 
so far, I don't know how much the wild card has. I guess it's impacted things in the sense that a couple of times, um, you know, we're only on what the fourth vote, right? Um, yeah. That you, you've only you've had a couple of times when they've had to change who they were going to put up, but it was still so early that it was like, oh, you know, muscly white guy number one can't go up, so we'll go with muscly white guy number two. So. Yeah. It has been a fun, like a fun chaos element because it sure. really saw it where it really restricted. Like if if Tiffany had done had not wanted to look crazy and had taken the the immunity, I don't. What was he going to do from there? There was nobody left to nominate. Right. No. It definitely it threw some, and you know what? It threw some like what I would call kind of good good chaos in. Whereas in the past they've. They've tried to like over engineer these things and then they just don't pan out. This has probably been one of their more successful er early game twists, um, you know, that that has worked the way they wanted it to work and has not just completely blown up in their faces. Um, so I think that's I feel like that's the best they can hope for. You know, because normally when Julie announces some mind-blowing twist to the game, it's met with a resounding thud. And right. this, you this know it won't matter. Okay. I, I don't know if if the if the wild card was done with this in mind or if it's just a fun side effect. But the fact that everybody seems to want to have mega alliances when the new structure of gameplay really limits who you can nominate yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's kind of funny that way. If you can't be in a seven-person alliance and a six-person alliance, which share some space on the Venn diagram, but not enough space. Right. So you have like one and a half people you can nominate. It's really tricky. Um, I think it's going. It is going to be interesting when the teams break apart, and then you'll see who sticks. You know who sticks together, and which of these this royal because the royal flush is what like nine people. Or maybe it's a few less now that they lost so much. I think it's eight because I think one of the queens is gone, but then they have Derek X in there. So, yeah, I think it's eight. Right. So that's a lot of people. Which is more than half the house right now. More than half the house, yeah. But those those are always fun because they always fall apart. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I am interested to see how this goes because there is I, – I don't know if this is too early for a villain, and that's why we're not really seeing one yet, but I, I don't see anybody who is cut out as the villain right now. Yeah, there's not really – everybody's kind of playing nice now. There isn't – the yeah, there isn't anybody you can really just – we don't have a Dr. Will. Well, no. we'll never have another Dr. Will. Dr. Will. Um, but I – I'm just thinking I'm I'm literally looking at their faces and going, I don't really see any of these people like just being pure, you know, uh, pure evil and hatred. Um, I just I'm not seeing it, but eventually I will grow to despise someone. So oh, that, that's that's set in stone. That's I mean, it's probably Sarah Beth because she's a filthy liar. So maybe it must be. <laughs> She doesn't do voiceovers at all. <laughs> She's probably never even met Laura Bailey. No, I'm sure she hasn't. I'm, I'm offended. 
I think it would be very fun to be on that show and get really offended at any uh, um, at any minor deceit that's revealed. Yeah. Like not even gameplay wise. Like, oh, you said you were from Texas, but you're actually from Oklahoma. Guess I can't trust anything you say now. How dare you? Yeah. I mean, that's going back to like original Survivor days too, where you know I th- I think people would get really offended at the you swore on your mother, you swore on your children. <laughs> I love how people think that actually like you've actually placed a hex on your children. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just people people lose their minds over nothing. But I'm really I don't see that in this group. I'm that I'm. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I really am. I think it's, I think it's a good, it's a good bunch, and I'm quite frankly shocked. Yeah, I even last last season, which was was All Stars, really had a hard time holding my interest after my favorites were out. Right, I agree. I, I don't. Th- I didn't make it. I didn't make it the whole way. I don't think I did either. I think <laughs> I saw the finale, but I missed a bunch in there. Yep. Which takes away my streak of having seen every Big Brother. So now maybe I have to watch them. Oh, well, there it is for you on Paramount Plus. Thank you very much. (laughs) Only take me a solid eight minutes between episodes to start a new one. (laughs) Right. Paramount Plus. Um, Here's a a non-Big Brother question for you. Yeah. I have some non-Big Brother business to finish up. uh, Yeah. This this is easily my longest episode. Hey, hey. But, but uh, it's because it's two people talking and not one man slowly losing his mind. <laughs> um, what other TV shows you watching? What do you recommend? You know, I would say I'm doing a lot of, you know, of, of streamers right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just finished um, Never Have I Ever second season. Um, on Netflix, which is the mini show about uh, high school students. Um, oh. And it's, have you watched it? I have not. Oh, it is. So it's really, it's very clever. And one of the funniest um, conceits that they use is that, so it's, you know, Mindy Kaling created it. Uh, and and the, the main protagonist is an Indian girl. Um, Kind of, I guess, kind of like because Mindy Kaling's mother was, I think, an OBGYN, and this woman's, this girl's mother is a dermatologist. Um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of autobiography in there. But um, mm-hmm. and you see her friends and her, her, she goes to Sherman Oaks High School, so it's set in California and all that good stuff. But um, she, there is a narrator, and the narrator who is, it's her narrator, not someone who's just narrating the show as a whole, but her narrator is John McEnroe. <laughs> and if you watch the whole season, you don't really know why, and you're just sort of like, huh? And then I won't give it away for people, including you, who haven't seen it, but if you watch the whole season, it will they will tell you why John McEnroe. Oh, my God. Okay, and that's great. And, and a couple of the other main characters have narrators that pop in and do one episode, one last season, won this season and I'm not going to spoil for you um, who they are but just again suffice it to say very clever choices so as I think you can expect 
Mindy Kaling. She's nothing if not clever. <laughs> so that's oh, a delighted. And what else? You know what? A reality show that I started watching, and I'm not sure if I can do this without um, washing and bleach after each episode. But um, HBO Max has a reality show they just started, and I, yeah, I think I know where you're going. Do uh, definitely something that uh, Jack Donaghy in the Thirty Rock world, but um, F Boy Island. <laughs> yep. It's so it's so terrible. These people are awful. And what the funniest part is that it's on HBO Max. So they could you don't mind if I swear, do you? No, no problem. They could say fuck all they want, but they insist on referring to these people as F boys. <laughs> Nobody who uses that terminology as part of their everyday language says F. They say fuck. They say fuck boy. <laughs> So, I, you know, we're both too old to use that term, but, you know, it's just, Blazer's funny. She had a, a really great line in the first episode. Have you watched it? I haven't watched it yet, but I, okay. I love Nikki Glazer, so I'll probably end up watching it. So I'm going to spoil one joke for you. So All right. She, she says she's introduced, so the, the premise is that there's three women and then there are 24 guys. Supposedly, 12 of them are, quote, nice guys, and the other 12 are F boys. And a self-described. <laughs> and then she says, look at all of you. She comes out there, like, in front of a pool, and the girls are on one side of the pool, and the guys are on the other. And she's like, oh, look at you. You're all so good-looking. You men are all so handsome. I didn't know that GNC sold jewelry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that was funny. <laughs> so she's taking that host role and doing something that Julie Chen could never do. She's making jokes. So <laughs> Julie Chen would short circuit naturally if she tried to make jokes. <laughs> okay, I'm watching both of those. Yeah, yeah, that. And for some reason, a lot of Love Boat reruns. I, I don't know why that's happening, but there's an app called Pluto. Um, oh, yeah, Pluto's good. Yeah, and so I was in this weird space where I was watching a lot of Love Boat reruns, like mostly late at night to like sort of fall asleep because I knew that I didn't care if I saw the whole episode because, you know, it's not, it's it's 40 years old. But um, I I never knew the there's rampant misogyny, like, well, okay, misogyny, of course, it was the 70s. There was misogyny everywhere. But there's a lot of fat shaming. On Love Boat, like pretty oh. overt fat shaming, and it's it's it takes you by surprise. And then there there was another episode where, um, one of the do you remember? Okay, so you're a little bit younger than me, but maybe you'll still remember her name. Do you remember Leslie Uggams? Oh yeah. Okay, so she was playing a woman who was blind. And this man falls in love with her because, of course, and then by the end of the episode, they want to get married because it's the love boat. And that's what happened. But he's he owns a ranch and he says he's going to take her to the ranch. So he's going to he wants to marry her and sweep her off her feet and take her to this ranch. And she says, well, what are the people on the ranch going to say when they see that you've um, married a black woman? And and he he goes, oh, we won't tell them. 
And then the, the laugh track kicks in, which was disturbing enough. And then she follows that up and says, okay. She, he says, no. He says, we won't tell them. We'll just say you, you're my living maid. Oh, no. And then the laugh track kicks in. And then, oh. and then she says, well, what will they say when they find out you're sleeping with your maid? And he says, we'll tell them that's how I get you to do windows. Oh, God. And I'm like, wow. this is a network television, ladies and gentlemen. That's awesome. Holy. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what I've been watching a lot of, I guess. How about you? Um, well, in, in terms of classic TV, I've I've started rewatches of a bunch of my favorite shows, and I don't get that far before I move on to a different favorite show because... I, I don't know what it is, but I started rewatching Justified, and I'm like, I should really rewatch The Americans. And I moved to The Leftovers, and I, I can only rewatch one show at a time, but I want to rewatch them all simultaneously. And I guess you don't really need to rewatch every episode because you do know what happened. Yeah, those are those are very serialized, but uh, I have been watching most of them for the first time. Uh, a lot of the Bob Newhart show. Oh, those like the seventies one or the eighties one? The seventies, where he's a where he's a psychologist. Yes, because I mean, you know what they used to do with that show, right? Every time he walked in somewhere and somebody said, "Hi, Bob," you were supposed to drink. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> but you also, as a Simpsons fan that I know you are, you have to love that. Um, Marsha Mar Wallace. Marsha Wallace. That's right. Yeah. So that is a great yeah. show. Those are great. It is so well written. Like I I picked it last year as one of my Christmas episodes. Uh-huh. And I picked it because I mean I, I love Bob Newhart. This it, it just wasn't a readily available show when I was when I was younger, so my, my blind spots are pretty big. But like, yeah. oh it'll be fun to watch, and the Christmas episode has the most insane title I've ever seen. Yeah. Where the Christmas title is the pitch for the, the episode title is the pitch for the episode. Uh, title is literally like, it's Christmas Eve and Bob has tonsillitis, so he has to spend the night in the hospital. So is that really like the really long run on sentence? Yes, that's the episode title. All right, I'm looking this up. Is it on like Hulu or something? I saw it on Hulu, yeah. I'm going to look that up. That's awesome. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, we both like are old enough that we remember these shows from the 70s, but we're young enough that we don't necessarily know, you know, we don't, we certainly didn't, don't look at them. Our nostalgia does not have like a grown up, you know, lens that we're looking through. Like I always tell people because, you know, because my name is Mindy and when I was five, when Mork and Mindy came on, so people would ask me all the time, where's Mork, where's Mork? And this boy in my kindergarten class, whose name was Carlton, asked me where Mork was. Yeah. I told my mother, she told me to ask him if he liked being Rhoda's doorman. And I was five. So I didn't watch Rhoda. Right. So as I got older, I, I got that joke. But it, it was really, I mean, it took a long time for me to get that joke. But, you know, it's fun to watch. It's Lorenzo Music, the voice of Garfield. That's right. That is correct, not to be confused with Levi Stubbs, who was the voice of, uh, you know, Audrey Two in Little Shop of Horrors, but <laughs> both very gifted voice artists. And maybe Sarah knows them. 
I have another TV recommendation, but you reminded me of something about voice artists that I keep forgetting to say on the podcast. So now I'm going to. All right. Because it does relate to Lorenzo music. <laughs> okay. When they made a cartoon based on Ghostbusters. Yes. Which they had to call the real Ghostbusters on television because there was a Ghostbusters show in the 60s. Oh, is that why they did that? Okay, I remember yes. that. It inspired the movie and because of some weird license. And then they, Filmation brought it back for a new show when Ghostbusters was big. So they had to call the actual movie Ghostbusters the real Ghostbusters. Aha. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you, uh, if, if you were an 11-year-old boy at the time. Most likely not. <laughs> uh, one notable thing about uh, the Ghostbusters cartoon was how little the actors looked like the or how little the characters looked like the actors. Yeah, I, I do vaguely remember that being accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Harold Ramis's Egon was tall and blonde. Oh, yeah. So they really they didn't even try. Right. And they also specifically didn't want to cast actors who sounded too much like the movie actors. Which which is weird, but why would you whatever. want to yeah, why would you want to be associated with this thing that you're based on? Continuity? <laughs> we don't like continuity. Uh, Lorenzo Music was cast as Bill Murray. That's actually and, not tough, though. That's not terrible. Yeah, that's like he he always seemed to me to be doing kind of a Bill Murray thing. And, right. and then Bill Murray replaced him as the voice of Garfield. So, you know, right. it all comes full circle. In full circle. Poetic. Um. Uh, Maurice LaMarche, who's a, a big voiceover guy from Futurama and The Simpsons, he's the brain on Pinky and the Brain. Oh, right. Okay. Anytime you see a show where someone does an Orson Welles voice, it's him. <laughs> uh, he got cast as Harold Ramis by doing a Harold Ramis impression. because They were like, oh, that's so good. We just have to do it. Okay. And Ernie Hudson tried out for the role of Ernie Hudson and didn't get it. Wow, that's a blow to the ego, huh? Which, uh, honestly, Ernie Hudson's my favorite person in that movie, and that's a subject for another day. But So hey. those are some amazing facts, but here's the thing that gets yeah. me. Bill Murray saw an episode of the cartoon. Yeah. Which is hard to imagine him watching TV at all. Right. He calls the producers and complains that Harold Ramis sounds like Harold Ramis, but Peter doesn't sound like Bill Murray. And he sort of did, so it's a dumb complaint anyway. Mm-hmm. So he got Lorenzo Music fired, and for the second season, they brought in Dave Coulier to do a Bill Murray impression. Wow. And that has made me think less of Bill Murray ever since I found that out. The man was just a working voice actor. Wow. Bill wielding all the power and just destroying someone's career. Yeah, there's a there's a very big gap in power dynamics between him and poor Ernie Hudson, who showed up to audition for himself and the role went to Arsenio Hall instead. Oh, nice. Oh, but my, my, sorry about that divergence, but it's something I always want to talk about. No, hey, I'm here, I'm here for you. I'm here for you, man. My, my TV recommendation is going to be obnoxiously quirky. Okay. That's which, why I haven't like written with me for so long, you are probably familiar with my obnoxiously quirky choices. Yes. 
It is currently on AMC Plus, and it will air on regular AMC starting in September. Okay. It is a miniseries, or possibly the first se- You know how that thing is. Oh, no, it got renewed. It wasn't a miniseries after all. Right. It is a series called Ultra City Smiths. Ultra City Smiths? Like the... Smiths. Yes, like the name. Okay. Because the... the uh, most powerful man in town is murdered and his name is Smith and all of the suspects are related to him in some way. Kind of like Knives Out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It is, a comedy, it is a comedy noir which, okay, fine, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It has songs, okay, where every episode has a musical number. So it's like cop rock, okay. And it is stop motion animation. Is Seth Green the executive producer? He is not involved with it. I think his studio is working on the actual animation. Okay. But it's not even like like action figures like Robot Chicken or Modoc did or or Claymation like Wallace and Gromit. All of the characters are Cupid dolls. Oh my goodness. It is absolutely wild. That sounds like it would be good to just like take the intoxicant of your choice and just sit down and binge it it probably because yeah because visually it's so wild but there's like an actual mystery they're building uh-huh and it, it's kind of hitting on all it's three episodes in and it's hitting on all levels for me okay and the cast is tremendous uh like like jimmy simpson from westworld and always sunny is the main guy but uh uh Kristen bell is in it melissa villasenor bb newerth plays a lady wrestler what? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Terry O'Quinn is the, the police captain. Oh, your favorite. Tim Heidecker is, is the mayor. Uh, uh, and Tom Waits is the narrator. So obviously oh. I was sold on that immediately. You were done, yeah. But just to further my pitch, this the guy who made this show is a guy called, guy called Stephen Conrad. That's not his name. That's what they call him. <laughs> That's very brilliant to say though yeah um he this is his third tv show and his first one he did is on amazon where everybody can watch it it's called patriot patriot okay it is an action comedy about a a u.s agent with ptsd who's forced back into undercover work a little too early oh god and he deals with the stress uh, but by self-medicating and performing extremely literal folk music. Oh, boy. Like, he goes to open mics and sings about the operations that went bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it is it is weird and funny, and it is just... It is... It's, it's two seasons. I absolutely loved it. Uh... And then he did another show called Perpetual Grace Limited, which is very hard to get because it was on Epics. Oh wow, yeah. Is that does that network no longer exist? It still does exist. I just oh. cannot imagine somebody having Epics. <laughs> Unless you want to watch the show about Batman's butler in the 1940s, who had <laughs> Epics. So obviously, I have Epics. Right. <laughs> Do I want to see a show about Batman's butler in the 40s? Yeah, I do. Of course you do. Also, it turns out setting it 80 years in the past does make it difficult to 
well, it's it's I think it's actually in the 60s, but it's still much too far in the past that there's no actual tie ins with Batman lore because Batman doesn't fight hundred year old villains. Right. Not usually. Right. Right. So, you know, like Gotham, I was expecting a million cameos like I got with that. And no, it's just kind of stories of of uh, Alfred working for the for MI6. Oh, my goodness. Well, but that's still going to work for you, I think. Yeah, it's getting the job done. <laughs> uh, now, unless you have something to uh, uh, something you want to throw in uh, and I don't want to keep you too long, but. I, I, I do need to get to an ad uh, if you have if you have said your piece. I have said my piece by all means. Advertise away. Hey, do you like T-shirts? Do I? Yes, I do. Yes. Love them. You're participating in this with me. Great. I love T-shirts. Great. I wear. That's what I like to hear. Uh, are are you a fan of fledgling website, the Ape Hive? I am a huge fan of the Ape Hive, yes. Have you have you seen the, the beautiful Ape Hive logo? I have. You know where you can get that on a t-shirt? I, I believe I do. Let, let's hear it. I think it's Teased by Summer. You know, that, you know it. I do. Teasedbysummer.com. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of shirts, but that Ape Hive design is so good, and I love it so much, and... I, I really want to emphasize this now because I know you're going to bring in new listeners, uh, the Mindy Mob, as they're called. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's them. So this is their first exposure. So uh, uh, it is a our, our, an Etsy store with uh, great pop culture T-shirts, including the Ape Hive shirt, which if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the first, check out the website and then see how good the logo is, because it's really it's really good. And I have T-shirts with my logo on it. And it's the first time I feel like I've accomplished anything. <laughs> I, and, I have that feeling. <laughs> and uh, uh, this is not available yet, but I, uh, uh, she also designed the logo for my upcoming scripted uh, sci-fi comedy podcast. And... I will even I will text you the logo because it is so beautiful that when I saw it for the first time, I cried. Wow, it's it's always wonderful when artwork makes you weep. It. It, it, it you know what? The fact that somebody read my script that is like 90 percent butt jokes <laughs> and uh, came up with something really. I just texted it to you. OK, it's actually a screenshot of my phone. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Let me, I'm, I'm almost afraid to look. Oh, my God. Stunning. It's tremendous, right? Yes. Like I, said, I, I, it actually changed the way I wrote the episodes after the pilot. Wow. There was a, there's a sense of isolation in there. And granted, 2020 probably helped with that, too. <laughs> that, that changed my, my idea of what it was going to be. So, look, that'll be available on a T-shirt when the podcast is ready. But until then, holy smokes, guys, there's T-shirts, there's mugs, there's the A-Pipe, there's uh, uh, a lot of I think you should leave stuff. There's the Spice Girls shirt, which is the Spice Girls, except they're all Dave Grohl, uh, <laughs> which is very funny. 
Wasn't there one that had M- something with the MTV logo, or am I imagining that? Yes, there's a, a MTV meme for cranky boomers. That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, you know some cranky boomers. I I think I'm just, I mean, I think I'm still Gen X, right? I'm not a boomer. You and I are, we're, yeah, we're pretty we're sure. on the lower rung of Gen X. Oh, all right, good. Yeah. Like, yeah. The cutoff is kind of just below us. Okay. So, yeah, we're we're cool. We're the generation nobody cared about. That's right. And that's why we know how to uh, be latchkey children. That's right. We'll let the boomers and millennials fight it out. We'll just squat away in our beanbag chairs. Yeah, I don't need anybody making chocolate, warm chocolate chip cookies for me. I will grill it. <laughs> <laughs> Watch MTV. <laughs> That's what I did. I made steakum. Ah, bagel bites over here, but yeah, it's very uh. Steak. What? Other thing was the uh, milkshakes that you microwave for some reason, and took- <laughs> that made sense. <laughs> the early '80s was a strange time. We didn't know what we were doing. We were experimenting with a lot of. We were just really winging it. Science wasn't there. We didn't have computers. No, no. Uh, but well, the point, and especially if you're a new listener and a Mindy fan. Yeah. You heard her. She endorsed it. These are good designs. Yes. Check it out, teasedbysummer.com. And if you if you aren't sure you want to commit to buying a shirt just now, for one thing, it's it is the season of summer. It's not a. There won't be a better time to buy a t-shirt. Don't sit on this. I mean, yeah. Can you buy it in October? Absolutely, you can. And either wear a, a button-down shirt over it, or you just keep it and wait until until it warms up again. I can't tell you how to live. <laughs> Even if you're not gonna buy something, go to that Etsy page, click like, or click the there's a heart button where you can become an admirer, and then you can even click individual items, and that's good for the algorithm. And if there's anybody who knows something about algorithms, it's me. I don't know why I would know anything about algorithms. And yet you do. I I think it's because I almost I thought about watching Space Jam 2 where John Cheadle plays a villain named Al G Rhythm. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I chose not to watch Space Jam 2 and the existence of it makes me a little sad, but uh <laughs> the point is I've been saying this for, for 33 weeks now, but Mindy's a new fresh voice and she's trustworthy and she agrees. You want t-shirts? You go to teasebysummer.com. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. And <laughs> I, I forgot this isn't a real podcast. Uh, and I was going to ask if you had anything you wanted to plug, but if you do. I, the only thing I, I, I could, I could plug is a, uh... Oh, geez. I mean, I really don't have any any projects that I'm working on other than potty training my dog. Um, but <laughs> where, she's doing where, great. Where, where can people follow that? <laughs> I mean, again, I'm reiterating the fact that I am old. You can follow it like on Facebook. But, um, you know, that is a super cute dog, by the way. Thank you. And she's she's actually a very she's a very good girl. And she's staring at me right now. So. She's staring at me right now. And then her, her big brother just called me to come pick him up from the gym. So, again, this is my glamorous life. All right. Don't be jealous. So, so 
you're you're plugging housebreaking and picking up children from the gym. Yeah, mom taxis and potty training. <laughs> All right, everybody, get in on that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad we had this time, and uh, maybe we can catch up again as the season draws to a close and get some more. Uh, that would be that would be great. I think we need to figure out. Um, you know, I, I think it's way too early to try to predict a winner, but um, oh yeah, I think you know maybe maybe at about the halfway mark we should do that. Yeah, once these teams come down, and we'll I think we'll start to see a little more chaos, and then we'll get a get a feel for who's maybe who's maybe a real candidate and not just part of a solid team. I agree. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make a plan. All right. I All right, talk, great. I will talk to you in another format soon. Thank you so much All right. for checking in. Take care, and we will catch up soon. All right. Been Bye. fun.